Hello, fellow Americans. You have assembled today in mass to hear us talk, and talk we shall. Today, we are going to discuss the movie Borat, subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. I know, I know. You are thinking to yourself, what is this, 2006? Well, listen here, my little pussy magnets. Please do not be boner stabbers, and let us have this fun, okay? 2020 has been an absolute shit splatter of terribleness, and it's time to laugh. But before that, I just wanted to make a few quick announcements. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show on any of the major podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Also, if you want to show support and be rewarded for it, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp where you can sign up for one of our sweet tiers. And lastly, if you want to check out more content from us, head over to swordchomp.com where you will find more podcasts, a review section, our merch store, with some delectable items, and heaps more. Now, Shall we do introductions of the hosts of this podcast episode? First, we have Josh Fowler from Kazakhstan. Hello. Thank you for being here, Josh from Kazakhstan. I am Next, always here. <laughs> we have Rich Meister from Kazakhstan. <laughs> I love anime. I was hoping that's what you were going to do. <laughs> I am partial to the Japanese anime cartoons. Oh, that's weird. Me too. We also have Morgan Barnes from Kazakhstan. Hello, my asshole hang like sleeve of wizard. Ooh. Ooh, that's not good. Thank you. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> no, no, not good at all. And last, we have me, Shay Layton. Very difficult to sit down. <laughs> we have me, Shay Layton, from Kazakhstan. You know, I was going to try and do a Borat impersonation, but then I was like, you know what? I don't want to fuck up the entire beginning of the podcast by butchering it. So mm. You know what I sucks? Just... I, I heard initially we were actually going to have a special guest for this one. We were going to um, have the uh, Kazakhstan uh, minister of... Uh, defense uh johnny the monkey but uh some apparently he's dead yeah somebody ate him from what i heard mm. crazy but jokes aside for just one second it's the only serious part of the podcast from this point on we are obviously doing spoilers if you don't want to hear the spoilers stop at this point watch the movie it's an hour and a half long come back all right so Let's get into it. The movie starts off with Borat narrating how he humiliated Kazakhstan 
and was imprisoned in a gulag for the rest of his days. But 14 fateful years later, he is released by Kazakhstan's premier, Nursultan Nazar... Fuck. Nazarbayev. I should have read, read that name at least once or twice out loud beforehand. Oh, well. He is to deliver the Kazakh Minister of Culture, Johnny the Monkey, to President Donald Trump in an effort to redeem the nation of Kazakhstan. Because of an incident where he shit at the Trump International Hotel and Tower in the first film, Borat instead sets his sights on Vice President Mike Pence. Before he leaves to America... His neighbor and arch nemesis steals his home and family. He also learns that he has a 15-year-old daughter named Tutar, who has been living in his barn. He leaves his hometown, and the inhabitants happily see him out, hoping that he doesn't return. So two questions here. Question number one, how happy are you all to be able to dust off your Borat impressions again and feel relevant? Wow. Is this an open floor? Um, yeah. I really felt like uh, this question was just for Morgan, so that's why I didn't speak up. Well, I said, how happy are you all? I wanted a cacophony of just Borat impersonations there. That so was nice. I, it. I walk around the house and I annoy my wife and I say, hey, look, guess who's my back? Wife. It's Borat. Ooh. And she's, <laughs> she very much well, wants to Why is your Borat so sad. Italian? No, like the whole weekend this was this was going on. I just walked around the house making the Borat voice, and it was terrible. I was the problem with... I was the internet at that point. I was walking around annoying my wife with the Borat voice for two, three, four days. And she despised the movie. She, th- she thought it was the worst movie she's ever seen in her life, and we fought about that for like an hour. So <laughs> that was fun. Um, and then I just rubbed salt in the moon with my awful Borat impression. So there you go. Fair enough. It's a fantastic film. Yeah. And Josh doesn't even give a fuck. Okay. We'll move on with the second question then. Within the first few moments of the show are some hilarious moments. What is your favorite part of the beginning, the opening sequence? And I will throw that first to Rich. Uh, God. What 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 a fun fucking intro to get us back into the glorious world of Borat um, there's some stuff I really enjoy for its payoff later but I won't get up too too much later I really just like um, Borat's return home uh, mostly I love the revelation that one of his sons is named Huey Lewis and uh, you know because he no longer <laughs> wants to be disgraced by his father's misdeeds he has officially changed his name to Jeffrey Epstein uh-huh. Yes, I've, I love that part <laughs> so much. I I actually some of that was lost on me though. Like, what's the deal with the Epstein? Like, I, I don't. What's the whole story? I about hope that? you're joking. Uh, no, I really don't know it, what's going on there with that. I've heard a lot about it. He like killed himself or something. No, no here here's the deal. Uh, really, really quickly, I'll I'll do it as quick as I possibly can. Jeffrey Epstein is accused <laughs> of um. Mass amounts of child pornography, um, having sex with minors, having a basically like a, I don't know if it's a club or if it's a cult, basically uh, it, the whole point of that is to have sex with minors and to oh, traffic on that minors. island or whatever? 
Yes, yes, I heard all about. I'm sorry. Yes. I know so he was arrested. This. I heard about um, it on the Joe Rogan show. Pe- so. People thought that he was going to out other people, such as the Clintons, because Clint- the Clintons were good friends with Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Trump, yeah. a bunch of other people. And then he mysteriously commits suicide in prison. Well, no, yeah. my, and my parents said the Clintons did it. I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm sure everybody so, did. No, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with that. No, for, yeah, sorry. Okay. Thank you for the run-through, though. I appreciate it. No worries. No worries. Never so thought that's that... where we'd have to go on this podcast. Well, uh, hey, you know what? Here's the thing. At least he was brave enough to admit that he didn't mm-hmm. know, rather than just running with it and being like, oh, yeah, that part's really funny, Rich, as if he didn't know. Respect there. Yeah. Can't believe it's... you don't get that fish. I... Th- <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i Little think the fish. problem there was like you said morgan i think you just didn't uh correlate the names but i'm, yes, I'm, I'm, got, I'm glad yeah, you get it name. now yeah, unfortunately yeah. i am very familiar yeah. with that uh, what else though situation what, what about the intro that uh josh or morgan that you guys liked go ahead josh you can take it away first oh um goodness like the whole thing is just like a really tight intro getting you from like just you know from the first movie up to date um it's like it's put together so well that just picking like a favorite scene um oh i i love the pro- was it the producer from the first movie yes yeah uh, yeah the producer he's he's trying to fi- you know at whenever they say they need him back for one more job after he's yeah been disgraced for all this long he's he's asking i'm I'm gonna need my producer from from the first movie film and he's wh- wh- where is he and he goes he's he's right there oh the chair he, oh, no. it's the leather chair that borat's been sitting on for the entire Very interview <laughs> can't you like see I the little penis that. on the chair too yes and that is the easy yes, you, can. you can see the penis <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that shit's. That's when you know, like, what you're getting at. That I think at that moment, my wife was like, "What in the fuck are you making?" Me <laughs> to be fair, if you if you walk in looking for any iota of just straight comedic, like straight lace comedic humor and not any juvenile shit, you're watching the wrong movie. I mean, if she never saw Bruno with, um, him doing the helicopter penis th- uh bit, oh then. Th- Thank you, God, for bringing that up, Shay. The helicopter penis. One of my favorite moments in movie history. Um, Dude, for real. I I remember my friends and I went and saw that in the theaters, and we were following, I, le- legitimately following in the aisles laughing at that yes, part. Yes. We were crying laughing. That might be oh. the hardest I've ever laughed in my life would have been probably Bruno in the theaters, for sure. Yep, for sure, for sure. For that sure, and that's a, sh- was... that's a shame that we didn't, we couldn't, the four of us have gone to see this oh. movie in the movie theater together. That would have been yeah. amazing. What a time it's, that would have been. It's, it's you know, it's but, cool because his movies, Sasha Baron Cohen's movies like this, they were well made and they're incredibly funny and, you know, way more clever than you would expect them to be. But they were sort of also still a little reliant on a little bit of like shock humor at the time. Um, and this was a long, long time ago. It's like a decade ago, you know, not longer. I don't. When did Bruno come out? Do you know offhand how long it's been? Probably mm. at least 10 the years ago. The first one that came out 14 years ago. No, he's asking about Bruno. Bruno oh, 10 years ago. 
Um, and it, it's hard to shock people now. And on top of that, you had YouTube where people, you know, have sort of really just bastardized the idea of just walking around and, you know, trying to make a fool of random people on the street um, for YouTube views and stuff like that. And he was like one of the original people that did it, but he was doing it like about as like he had like a message behind how he was doing it. And he was actually like a very dedicated performer and all this stuff. And then, mm-hmm. it, you know, in a lot of ways you could look at him as being an inspiration for probably a lot of how that stuff sp- spun off, even the bad stuff. Um, but it was kind of a cool time capsule to go back to like watching a movie where I actually felt uncomfortable. La- it had been a long time since I felt uncomfortable laughing at something. So for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's fair. I, uh, in the, in the beginning part, I think I laughed the hardest when Borat's talking about one of the government officials tries to jump off of a building to kill himself and the dude just flies off the building and bounces off and he groans and he's like, but there are no buildings high enough building. in Kazakhstan for him to kill himself. <laughs> I don't I laughed at that part so hard. And I like I watched the beginning um of the movie again because I watched half of it with Josh and Rich and then half of it the other half by myself. And I watched that part again and I laughed so fucking hard in my kitchen. Um, man, the delivery of that, that line is—it just—it's timed perfectly. I, it's yeah. I don't know how many people it, it out sh- there. It shows. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. I was gonna say it shows how important it is to be, uh, good with voice acting as well as uh, like acting is so much about nonverbal communication, but a lot of it is about verbal communication and as well and. I know a lot of people um, in social media think that it's easy to become a voice actor, but fuck, like, delivering lines to yeah. where it's funny by just, like, the most innocuous line is insanely hard to, to do that. So a lot of respect to Sasha, because he yeah. delivers You have to get the so whole perfectly. performance over just vocally. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, I think the part of the beginning that, it, it's it. I want to watch it again because uh, you know, for anyone who's married out there or in a significant relationship, it's difficult to watch something when your significant other is like angry or cringing the whole time, and she was not enjoying it. And I was trying to, en- I was determined to enjoy it no matter what. I was like, I'm not gonna. But that, like, you know, the beginning when like his daughter's like chained up in the shed or whatever, and there's some really dark kind of shit in there about you know, obviously how they treat women and kids and stuff and it was just you know i was just looking at it the whole time like oh my god jesus this is horrible um because yeah you know his daughter is chained up and then when she travels to america at the beginning she like eats the monkey that's in there which was really gross and shocking too um johnny john yeah i wasn't expecting the the monkey to get devoured like that so that was a little unsettling so that's fair that's fair. Okay. Well, let's jump right fair. back into the story. He lands in America again and is walking through the streets, but everyone recognizes him and follows him around. He concludes that he must go get some costumes to hide his identity. He also goes to purchase a secondhand phone. After the salesperson explains how to use the device, Borat takes it into the bathroom to watch porn while it's oh. paired with the TV in the showroom. using his new smartphone he finds out the location of the rendezvous to acquire johnny when he shows up his daughter pops out of the crate alone having eaten johnny 
He goes to his store to fax the premier, letting him know that Johnny is dead. He offers to give his daughter instead, and the premier agrees. His daughter, Tutar, wants a cage to live in, so Borat goes to buy her one. Borat decides that she needs special lady lessons to learn how to please a man. They go to a self-proclaimed lady expert who tells Tutar to be submissive and likable. After, they go to a shop to buy a dress. Tutar is surprised that the shop is owned by a woman. Borat explains to Tutar the pitfalls of a woman being in charge, which is the first true father-daughter bonding moment that they have. Do you guys think that the addition of a second character in this movie, namely his family member, going around with Borat on his adventures heightened, lowered, or kept the comedy at the same level? And I'm going to throw it to you first, Josh. Um, I, mean, I think it depended on the scene, whether it really added anything or not. Um, and whether or not there's something to bounce that material off of, I think kind of really affects uh, how it works in a given scene. And, and some of them, it kind of feels like it's just like they're bringing stuff up just so you don't forget the characters around until you get to the scenes where there's actual humor in it. Um, but yeah, like I, I kind of feel like that's a little necessary to uh, allow it to allow it to work on the whole. But uh, yeah, the, like specifically um, the guy who works in that Kinkos or whatever the hell it is who does all these faxes back to Kazakhstan for him oh, yeah. is like one of the returning bits because they have to keep going back to get, you know, to update. Well, they need to go back to America's fax machine. Yeah, exactly. To the, yeah, to the fax machine. And oh my God, just the deadpan way they interact with him, given these completely insane messages is just one of my favorite bits it's just it's very dry um compared it, to a lot of the, the other delivery humor in the is movie, everything but yeah but it's so good it all hinges on if he uh, wasn't in Colin on the joke team. what a fucking trooper mm-hmm. you, do, you do yeah you are left wondering like i wonder if because it sucks that it, it's kind of the fun of it but also what's weird about it is you're like do these people know? Did they eventually know? Are they a lot complete? of them definitely knew to a point, or particularly yeah. when we get into the babysitter and stuff. Like, I, I wonder when she was brought in on the joke is more of the question with that because, like, th- there's an extent it goes to, but yeah, you think the babysitter was, huh? Definitely. We're actually we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. We will talk about that a little bit later. So um, I just want to say, Shay, the scene with yeah, there's a million things I want to respond to, but I can't remember them all now. But I will say that the this the scene that got me the most in this one for whatever reason was definitely when he took the phone to the bathroom and uh, was I don't I don't know what it was, but I just it got me. I was I was laughing out loud in uh, a very embarrassing way. Um, probably but yeah i, well, I just it's just i just love it's it's i think it's the innocence of the store worker like it's he, <laughs> he i think he thinks that borat he i think he wasn't in on the joke because yeah i don't he, think he was 
Yeah, I think he was like, well, this guy is just naive and inexperienced. And then he takes the phone and then just hit the guy's realization that this guy's fucking with me. <laughs> it was amazing. And it could have taken a couple different stores to try to get that because you have to get someone who's nice enough. Then you have to make sure they're letting you use the technology. And you have to. Oh, then course. he was all like, even when he was like, can I bring the phone to the bathroom? And the guy was like, I guess so, or whatever. Like, you have to get an employee who's kind of like too nice to say no, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. So back to the main question, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I agree with you. But do you think that the addition of Tutar heightened the comedy for you did it lower the comedy or did it keep it about the same as from the first one because obviously the first one he has his assistant this one he actually has a family member yeah i mean at first i was kind of torn on it i didn't know how i felt about her as a character um but he really i I thought it was i thought it worked well enough like i thought it was cool that they kind of let her go off like because this is his movie he's the comedic lead but like there was a lot of scenes in the film that he trusted her to be, to be take the lead in which is pretty cool um and you know mm-hmm. just build a little bit of a, a comic force for herself as well so i thought that was cool yeah yeah they really gave uh maria bakalova who is the actress who plays tutar a lot of room to just act like just show her chops and she's a hilarious actress and i hope that after this she gets a lot more parts because she she was an, a revelation in this movie she was just mm-hmm. as funny as Sasha and could go toe to toe with him. I was really impressed because like, he's such a, he's such a domineering comedic talent that it's very, very difficult. Like when you watch uh, interviews and stuff with him, it's very difficult to keep up with him when he's kind of doing his shtick. And the fact that she can keep up with him was a really, really cool thing to see. So I, I thought that it heightened the movie for me that they had another character who could keep up with him. Rich, well, how did yeah, you feel about that? Oh, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, no, sorry. I'm of a similar mind there. Like, that's why I think it succeeds, and it's all in uh, Maria Bellaclova's performance. Is like she adds like more of this unique spin to it, and even as we get later into it, ends up ends up making this movie like weirdly heartwarming in ways. Um, but like the fa- she can go toe to toe with Cohen, and that's just the thing. Like. He he is like a masterclass of doing this stuff, and I would say at this point, I I was genuinely impressed. She's just as good at yeah, like playing the bit and like getting eliciting these reactions from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's jump into the next sec. The next section. Um, the next day, they go to get a cake from Mike Pence. Bora asks the cake. <laughs> Can't even say this part without laughing. <laughs> Bora asks the cake shop owner to write, Jews will not <laughs> will not replace us with a smiley face, and the woman shockingly obliges. Keep it light. Very Tutar okay with a, it. I, I I hope that that was a scripted bit, but um, we'll get into that here in a second. Tutar gets a cupcake with a plastic baby sticking out. She eats it quickly <laughs> and swallows the plastic baby... <laughs> They go to a woman's health clinic, and she tells a doctor, who is also a pastor, that she wants to take the baby out of her. The doctor thinks that they mean abortion and refuses to help remove the baby. Borat informs the doctor that he is the father, 
and that he was trying to give her pleasure. The doctor becomes speechless briefly, but reiterates that he refuses to because God doesn't make mistakes. Next, we see Tutar pooping out the baby with Borat encouraging her in a public restroom with bystanders hearing the exchange. After, Borat informs Tutar that they are going to a ball tonight to practice behaviors for meeting Mike Pence. So, my next question, Josh, uh, do you believe in abortions? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're not just kidding. Well, do We're I think they're kidding. real? They're definitely real. <laughs> Having them is what I was asking. But No, what I actually wanted to ask you guys um, is to kind of like is imagine that you were going to organize a kind of sketch program like this and how hard it would be to do convincing bits without ruining them. Um, what kind of work do you guys kind of think would have to go into doing these kind of bits? I haven't thrown a question to you first, Morgan, so I'm going to throw it to you. Well, it's th- so this it's, it's true because like we were talking about earlier, like you have to find, I'm sure they kind of scope these places out beforehand. You have to try to find people that are, I mean, if we're being honest, they are, even if you like the way they're exposing these wackos in a lot of places, they are sort of picking on these, the very, the wackos themselves, they're seeking them out. It's very much like a baby trap sort of thing. Yeah, not Um, really, considering that those wackos are literally required by law in about half the states in America that you go see these religious nuts in order to have any prenatal care. Yeah. Well, I again, I, I'm not like some sort of strong disagreeance for me. I just, it's like I think it's it's interesting and it's worth it for the joke, and I get what they're going for, and I think that's why it's it works. But it's just there is a part of me that's like they're really sort of seeking out these really you know easy targets. Um, but that's sort of the point too, I guess. It's so. a target worth hitting though, because yeah. honestly, fuck that guy. <laughs> it is, yeah, and I always I'm like is this guy just like so weirded out by these people that, or does he actually believe this shit? Like, I don't know, the, but it was definitely, uh, I would yeah, hate to be anyone that knows that guy that was watching that video. That's for sure. Yeah. That was, a, that was a weird fuck. bit because of the part that's funny about it is just the fake framework around it. Like yeah. as far as all the lines they are actually giving yes. him, like, yeah, none of that is suggesting that she accidentally ate a plastic baby. Like no, none of yes. it. And it, so, it's like, it's just pure omission. But like, like it's just yeah. he doesn't have the proper context. Yeah, like it. Uh, his his responses are insane. Even if the framework is not like the joke that you're given. Like if even oh, yeah. even if what they were saying is what he's thinking. The responses are ridiculous. Are still, are still insane. Yeah, yes. but but yeah, yeah, it just it it heightens everything to the next level by having you feel like you're in on this other knowledge, which again is just a you know a made up framework for how you're viewing it. Um, but yeah, because even if Sasha Baron Cohen wants to trap these people, he doesn't want to go in there and just totally pretend to be a creepy. Um, you know, incest pedophile. So he has to find a reason to play it off even for the bit, which is that she swallowed this, which again, mm-hmm. I thought, I thought the bit was good. I thought the swallowing of the plastic toy was incredibly far-fetched and stupid. One of the only few things in the movie I thought was stupid. 
Um, but the bit was unsettling, that's for sure. If it was real, which I'm assuming it was. Maybe I'm the That fool. one seemed pretty real. That guy's sure. reactions seemed too genuine for him to have been in on it. Yeah. And if he wasn't in on it, he needs to be cast in more roles because his reactions were fucking amazing if it was scripted. What do you think that but, guy uh, tells people that know him that see this or hear about it? Like, dude, do, does no, like, I just can't imagine. Well, like, I'm sure do, people he would associate with are like, like, well, you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's exactly right. And with the, like, with the circle he seems to run in, how many people are going to actually see that and be like, you're the guy. Yeah. I guess that's what I, what I was meant to say earlier when I wasn't, and I framed it poorly is that like, I don't know how many places you'd go to like that, that, that are that, you know, that guy's going to say those sorts of things. But, um, right. Yeah. It's, it was an interesting, uh, yeah. It was a bit, I was like, where are they going with this? She swallowed a plastic baby. This is ridiculous. Where? Oh, oh, I see where they're. Oh no. Okay. I see. <laughs> right. What? So rich, what do you think? Like what would have to go in or not necessarily what would have to go into it, but like, what kind of work would have to go into creating these bits effectively, do you think? Um, well, a good degree of it is, to me, would be, one, researching the people you're going to be, the, the quote-unquote marks uh, of the bit to make sure you can kind of keep things consistent. Mm. And then I would say enough rehearsal to feel comfortable enough with yourself to know you're not going to break in the middle of this. And, like, you don't want a red flag at any point that hey i'm fucking with you yeah i imagine some of the ones that we don't see some of the stuff that's omitted from the video is probably them breaking from time to time whether it's um sasha or whether it's um maria probably there were a few where they broke I'm curious how much of the intro section where he gets recognized was scripted and how much was I'm going to do this thing and then people recognize me. So, okay, let's make this into a thing because I I kind of feel like that was, you know, a good way to use footage that otherwise would have been, you know, useless, useless, Um, which again. Yeah, it it was pretty obvious they would have to change the character to to get much new stuff but yeah if if they had tried to do more stuff as you know essentially the original character um and they just realized they couldn't exactly i i did a little bit of research on this because i wanted to know just out of sheer curiosity i know that the ballroom scene that we're about to talk about was scripted um for sure and a few of the other ones are assumed to have been scripted, but for the most part, it seems like most of the movie was genuine. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you guys talked about the babysitter, part of it was scripted for sure. Um, I'm not sure if the the cake shop was scripted. I would I would assume it was, because how else would they find a cake shop that has a baby in the cupcake kind of thing? But That's a very um, common thing for bridal, like uh, baby showers. And that's fair. And that might be the case too. Like, I'm just telling you what I read online. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe it or not, but, um, uh, most of it seems like it is unscripted, which is awesome. I know that for a fact, um, the whole 
sequence of events where he uh goes in and basically breaks up that meeting with Mike Pence that that was absolutely real that he mm, yeah. he talks about it he was waiting in the bathroom for 5 hours just to do that bit um the, yeah yeah i like Remember i that think that there are our world I, is such I, a nightmare think, that that story broke about the Trump impersonator breaking into one of their conferences and like we all forgot about it in 10 hours because of the hellscape we're living yep. through. Yeah, pretty much. But, I, um, yeah. One I of the things seeing... that I think about when I watch movies like this or I watch like TV shows like the Eric Andre show or Jackass where they're doing this shit is um, just the, the fucking waivers that you have to sign. Like all the shit that you have to do, like you have to go to the city um, like if you are doing scripted bits and you have to, you know, you have to let the business know and you have to have everybody sign these waivers and then like the health waivers and all the lawyer waiver stuff. And then um, on top of that, if you're doing bits that are unscripted, then you have to try and get as many people to agree to be on camera and just like all of the waivers that you have to sign off just sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And I understand you have people on set to kind of take care of that stuff for you. But still, it just seems like such a pain in the ass. Well, like that, like a guy we were talking about that worked at the, the birthplace. He, you know, they got that guy to agree to sign away his footage somehow, and I'm sure he fucking probably deeply regrets that. You know, so obviously, like you have to get those people, like you said, to agree to that shit. That's the irony uh, about that. You they know, agreed. I don't know if he disagree because like he acted within his moral compass and what he feels like is the moral compass of someone who is a christian and um someone who is a doctor so maybe or maybe not i don't know yeah i don't it's, i would i just think that the circumstances he's probably never seen anyone in there asking him those things and i i, I just think that he probably even though he mm. feels like he acted the way god would have wanted him to i don't i think he probably feels like he was still set up taken advantage of by these yeah. heathens if I had to get if I had to guess I don't know maybe who knows I but don't you know might be right. if you react that way to incest it seems like it's come up before I don't know like it yeah. seems like this is not the first time he's given that answer yeah he had that one the cannon <laughs> uh, let's hope let's hope it's the first and last time for him um, no, it won't be. Let's jump back in. They go to the ball to show off Tutar's fertility dance, but all of the members of the ball are disturbed, and rightfully so. The next day, Borat and Tutar find out Mike Pence is holding a rally nearby. They sneak in, and Borat—I say sneak, but Borat didn't really sneak in—and Borat attempts to give Tutar to Mike. However, he is thrown out of the convention by the Secret Service. He tells the premier that he failed with Mike, but he offers to give Tutar to Rudy Giuliani. Or Giuliani, excuse me. The premier agrees. Yeah, he is a Borat ghoul. takes Tutar to get plastic. Thank you, Shay. Borat takes Tutar to get plastic surgery to make her irresistible, but he is short on money. He takes Tutar to a babysitter while he works a temporary job for the day. Tutar is dropped off at the plastic surgery clinic by the babysitter. By Jesus, by the babysitter. She sees a woman go into another building and instead follows the woman into a Republican woman's club. The women enlighten her to her womanhood 
and she goes to the bathroom to masturbate for the first time. After, she proclaims what she has done and asks the women in attendance to run away from their daddies together. One thing I actually love to see in this movie is when people think that they are privy to one of the characters acting crazy and believing that they are somehow above the characters. This is often signified by smirks, looks of disgust, or rude language being used. Honestly, I want to know from you guys how much satisfaction did it bring you guys seeing people attempting to be smug when they're actually the butt of the joke. And I'm going to throw it to you first, Rich. Oh, that there's there's nothing more delightful than that, and we we get some more of that uh, at the 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 sort of uh, rally scene coming up later. Um, but there's some great moments of that one at the at the Trump Pence rally, um, where it's literally just you know people like get get this asshole out of here. Just, like you're feeding into the exact reaction we're trying to elicit here. Um, yep. and then on a smaller scale, I, during that Republican, uh, women's meeting with just like the overreactions of like, Whoa, well, what, look at this crazy one. And again, like you're playing right into the exact footage we want to grab here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll, I'll save my thoughts for a little bit. I'll let you guys reflect first. Josh, how about you? Um, I kind of mentioned this earlier about how most of her stuff works when she is literally giving them everything they say they want and they see it and are somehow shocked. Um, but yeah, like especially in this situation, them laughing at everything they want, like their, their ideal outcome for all of this. Um, yeah, it just it it works really well. It works really well. Um yeah. Yeah, like there's 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 nothing better than seeing a Karen ex- escorted out of a building. And like this is essentially a Karen who doesn't even know she's being escorted out of the building. Um it's pretty amazing. So Yeah. Yeah, I I um I'll let Morgan reflect last. I absolutely obviously cuz I wrote the joke. I <laughs> got a ton of pleasure out of seeing the the characters in the movie who think that they are they are looking at something that is a joke and is funny and that they are looking down upon that when they're act, like it's actually the opposite and I love that because it just I mean going beyond getting some sense of satisfaction um from seeing pieces of shit being put in their place I think it's also interesting for us to kind of look at from a perspective type type of standpoint where like you can apply it to many different aspects of your life, but you don't always have all the, all the um, information about something. And so how you perceive something in the moment is not how you're going to perceive it in the future. Right. And I think that's obviously this movie is not supposed to be that in depth and you're not supposed to think that hard about it, but I, I always find it fascinating and it's something that I've tried to kind of apply to my life. Um, and this this will be the one serious thing I will say is that, you know, when you when you hear a story, whether you're reading it in the news or somebody's telling you this story, you're getting one perspective and you're not getting the whole story. And it's easy to react and it's easy to 
have these opinions and these thoughts about it, but until you get as much of the story as you possibly can, you are you are forming an opinion or a thought that not isn't necessarily invalid. It just isn't entirely viable, I don't think, in my opinion. And I think they use comedy to yeah. kind of show that here. And it's it obviously has important implications for things like politics and religion, which is something yeah. that this movie touches upon. Yeah, I, th- I think kind of like you're saying there, one of the things that was interesting, especially about this bit, was seeing different people react differently to having essentially the extreme version of their ideas pushed at them and seeing exactly exactly how strict each person was going to be at towing the party line um in this situation and it was it was i i thought it was kind of interesting seeing the people who like I, I would, I'd like to see, like, kind of, not to, you know, there's nothing there as far as the movie's concerned, but like, the next meeting, like, what would they talk about after this happened? Like the sort of yeah, the sort yeah. of interpersonal fallout yeah. to to this sounds fascinating right. to me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that people have taught. You know, when it comes to video editing, and and obviously, like you said, Shay, this this perspective. Even even if you agree with it and the the sake of the comedy works, it is very much you know p- positioning through editing and all these things to make these people look incredibly <laughs> bad. Um, yeah, but that's you know that well, I think most people are are somewhat aware of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, For sure. It's yeah, yeah. The editing is like you're you're right. It is intentionally trying to make people look bad, but also there's only so much you can do with editing to do that. Whereas some of that is like those genuine reactions of the unscripted bits where people are just, they are making themselves look bad. And that in turn becomes a joke. You know, you you can edit that all you want, but there's raw material there. Um, And I'm not, I'm not sitting here and shitting on anyone who's the butt of the joke in that movie. Um, I am. That's my job for you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's not a woman. That's I'm here to be as, as as objective as I can. All these guys be subjective, <laughs> quote unquote. But let's jump I in. Oh, oh good. I was wondering if there's any of the sequences that kind of fell flat for you guys, like the as much as and I love the movie as a whole, but I mean, like there was definitely a couple that I did wasn't super satisfied with. Um, I was wondering if there's any of the bits where you're like, man, I I didn't, you know really live up to all the potential of it or the hype or all the work he put into it. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like the payoff was worth it or didn't do much for me. Just curious what you guys, if you guys had anything. Um, not really. I mean, I don't think there I don't was know. a standout liked... weak moment. Yeah, I pretty much liked every bit. I don't think there's anything where I was like, oh, this, this is terrible or this wasn't funny. Like, there are some parts that obviously weren't as good at eliciting a guffaw out of me or anything like that, but everything I enjoyed. I think for me, like the, the, the Pence one was, was like a little flat. Um, I thought like the work he put into it was really cool. Like you said, Shay, he hid in that bathroom and everything, but they got him out of that building so quick. 
that like the payoff was basically just Mike Pence shaking his head a little bit on the podium. Yeah, and like I just it just got him out of there so fast. I'm like, really, you waited in five hours for that? Like, I just I wanted more. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean th- that's how that shit's gonna be handled. Unfortunately, that's really all you can get. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. Like just kind of empty. It, I was like, yeah. con- considering so the target this, they were you know. going at there. Like the Secret Service did their job for for all that, and like, of course, that's that was as much as we got out of it. It wasn't a bad bit. It, it, yeah, just there wasn't there wasn't much to it. Um, that's what I mean. Like, I wouldn't say bad bit. It was just like a lot of build up for like very little payoff. I guess. I yeah, I think the payoff is less in how the joke played out, but more in the fact that wow, he actually fucking had the balls to do this. I think the the implications go the beyond forward. the movie and their like real life implications, and you just get to see that on film. He actually had the audacity to do that in real life, unscripted for a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I felt. I mean, I'm with you. I think it's interesting, but like to my I guess, my brain separates those things a little bit. Like the creation part of it, like the wow, that's cool. The devotion to do it, and then like. Oh, but you did all that and only got this. It was kind of like the, how I felt about the the Giuliani scene as well. It wasn't as satisfying for me as like the Ron Paul scene from yeah. from Borat. Um, can't agree yeah. with that. But I do the, I do agree with you on the Mike Pence thing. I do agree with you on that. Like, if you have yeah, no prior knowledge thing. that this that shit actually happened, then it's really fascinating, uh, or it's not as fascinating, I should say. Yeah, it was nice to see if Julie you get deprecated knowledge. on film. You normally have to go to an uptown deli for that. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm I kind of agree with you on that scene in particular. I feel like uh, the craft, like you're saying, oh, that's really cool. He 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 did that, but like it's uh, having Danny DeVito do all his own stunts. Yeah, that's really cool, but. Maybe a, you know, stunt double could have could have made the scene a little more exciting. Um, like e- even though the craft is interesting, like it's I, I don't feel like the result kind of was worth it. I guess. Like, there's value That's in fair. knowing what went into the art. I think it's interesting, but if if you didn't look that up, you would have no idea that he sat around in there for, like, five... You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of, like, external knowledge, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's but, fair. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, he's he stays in character, like, even when he's... You know, that's his thing, even when he's not on... Wasn't that his thing? Like, he stays in character even whenever he's not shooting and stuff like that? He's just, like, in character for, like... I'm sure. Time, I'm or, sure he's one of those people. I don't know if that's one of those type of uh, actors or actresses. No, but it's probably yeah, easier right, that way it. to. Well, I don't know about yeah, easier, but so. as far as like making sure you're getting the footage you need at any time, just so you don't accidentally have something great happen, and then yeah, it's not maybe usable. the cameras are rolling on him at all times. Yeah, because this, this the the whole thing. Well, not the whole thing, but. An awful lot of it seems like, well, we mentioned this earlier about, you know, getting reaction shots or whatever, like, we're going to frame it the way we want, and a big part of that is just having a ton of footage to choose from. Um, yes. And so, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of 
making sure that whatever footage you get is something that you're not messing it up. That's the beauty of it, right? Like sure. He could have had nine of them go poorly, but the one that went well is the one he uses, and mm-hmm. that's all you need. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. Let's jump into the next section. We only have two more paragraphs left. Borat finds Tutar, and she runs away after admitting she knows that he lied. She also reveals through Facebook that the Holocaust was fake. He goes to a synagogue in hopes that a mass shooting will happen and and kill him. I forgot about that. He learns from two Jewish women that the Holocaust actually happened and he is given hope to succeed. He goes to find Tutar in a neighboring town. For some reason, it's funnier hearing Shay read it. (laughs) Because when you just recap it as a generalization, it's more obvious how absurd it is. Yeah, it's it's pretty. That's true. The town is deserted. He meets a man who tells Borat that the town is locked down from the coronavirus. Borat goes to stay with them, and they share their conspiracy theories with him. It's one thing to read about people being taken in by conspiracy theories online via social media but it's another to hear and see it play out in a film. All jokes aside for a moment, I lied, there's another serious part, I'm sorry guys. Why do you guys think that people are taken (laughs) in by these crazy theories? Rich? People will latch onto anything that supports the overall bigger narrative they want to be real. Um... People who very much want the world to be the Dems are 100% evil, no matter the goddamn libtards are evil, will go as far as to buy into the idea that Bill and Hillary Clinton regularly ingest children's blood (laughs) to retain youth. Because, and also, I think the the age of Facebook has broken, like, our our parents' age and beyond. Um with things like QAnon and just it it actually is that that meme you shared in our group chat earlier Shay just about like oh my parents in 1996 like don't trust anything on the internet and being like I read on Facebook that Hillary invented AIDS yep yeah I yeah yeah Um, Josh or Morgan where do you guys weigh in I I mean it's it's the natural cause of things when the party line for one of the two parties in the states has been to literally lie about everything as a matter of course for the last several well, decades. If it works, um, to the point where like there's there's no amount of fact checking, like it that could ever solve it and B there's no fact checking to begin with is kind of the thing. I I don't, I remember hearing from my parents, I don't know, like a couple years ago, something about how they'd heard about how Snopes has this crazy liberal bias and stuff. I'm like, no, that's called reality. But because like they won't, check snopes anymore because they think literally their only job is to fact check if they don't do that well no one would ever go there for anything 
pretty much. Yeah. Morgan, do you have anything to add? Uh, not really. I mean, I think you kind of got, they were spun off on a tangent. I don't even know what the fuck we we're talking about anymore. Um, we're basically talking about why do you think that people get kind of taken in by these crazy theories, these conspiracy theories, if you want to call them that, um, chemtrails, the earth is flat, anti-vaccine, anti-vaccination. Do you want me to explain um, Pizzagate to you? Mac well, wearing masks I, is the death of freedom in the United States. Yeah. Shit like the that. Alex Joneses of the world. Um, I think, yeah, I think like what you guys were saying initially, it is true. People, you know, want to find some validity to things they believe or want to believe for whatever reason. But all it takes, and this is what something I do believe, is that it takes one of those outlandish things to be true, and then the person's like, "Well, guess what? This one was real." So these other 10,000 things that I think are real are probably real, too. You just don't. Yeah. And, and you can't Which, say anything because all you got is, well, Again, know. it's kind of the Republican we, strategy. Like, no, there is voter fraud everywhere. Look. Look at all these cases where we committed voter fraud. Obviously, it's <laughs> happening everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's smart, though, Josh. If you want to, to be illegitimate, you commit the fraud. And then exactly. Say, there was fraud. It was and, then, and then use it as proof. <laughs> exactly. It's actually like, incredibly like, smart and fucked up. And no, I'm just kidding. You know what that kind of reminded me of in a sad way? It's, it, it, I'm not trying to be sad. It's actually kind of funny to me to think about it in this context. But I remember my, my ex before I came to Japan, um, and I've told you guys this privately, she cheated on me a lot. And she would constantly accuse me of cheating on her. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not fucking anybody else. Like, I'm not cheating on you. And well, it's blame shifting. I, I, I never put like the first few times that I like she asked me about it before she's I knew she was cheating on me. Um, I never realized like why is she so adamant that I I'm cheating on her? Like what the fuck am I doing? Like what am I doing to give off this? Oh, it wasn't me. She'd already yeah, done she's this, you. and so she <laughs> she's like I already know the system is flawed because I'm the one who put the flaw in there. Not the she didn't put the flaw in the system, but she's the one who. Yeah. Um, basically bent the rules in accordance with that flaw in the system. And it's kind of the same thing here that specifically what you guys are referencing, like, you know, voters, voter fraud is real because we were committing it before you guys were supposedly committing it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest way to deal with that, uh, Shay, is I just pretend that all of my significant others are cheating on me and I'm okay with it. And then mm-hmm. I can live in bliss forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one way to live, I guess. But no, I, I think I think that people yeah, I think people get taken in by these crazy theories because there's kind of I think part of it is there's some correlation there to something that they believe in, which is exactly what Rich and Josh were saying in the beginning, is like there's some correlation there. And Well, yeah. And they even though I th- people are inherently good, Shay, I do think that people are there's a deception to human beings. You think beings. people are inherently good? There's like usually when there's a conspiracy involved, it's about deception or cover up or this and that. And there is this thing that human beings are very distrustful of other human beings when it comes to these things because it only takes one incident for someone to be like, "Oh shit, they were covering." Anyways, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I yeah, I think that yeah, I think part of that correlation is a thing. I think it goes beyond the fact that fact. I think we're living in an age now where um, it's easier. It's I don't want to say it's easier. There are different ways to scam people now, and there are different ways to spread misinformation. And we're we're coming upon 
I think an era where that stuff is going to start being regulated and we're going to start figuring out how to circumvent it, but we're not there yet. Right. We're just going to figure um, out more efficient ways to do it. Yeah. We're just going to learn what every well, other country in the world has done with, I mean, right. Propaganda not on everything. We, like, it's not like we're the worst at everything, but we're the worst at a lot of things. Like we're on the board though. Yeah. I, like things like think, that just that, so, that should not be issues that we just allow to happen here because we don't want to regulate it like robocalls it's not it's not everyone just else in the world knows how, right to get right through, how to get how to get rid that of those shit happens but, in japan too yeah that shit is happening all the time in japan yeah i promise you like there's like what you guys think is like obviously um racism is such a big issue in the u.s it's a big issue here in japan as well i can tell you that right now i mm-hmm. told you guys this a few weeks ago i talked about it on the chomp cast about how the japanese government came out and f- flat out said we think that foreigners are the reason why COVID is on the rise right now if they started abiding by the rules like the average Jap- japanese citizen this wouldn't be a problem like there's shit like that that exists in japan there's blackface yeah. that well, still exists not... in japan um Shay, that's there not is racist. xenophobia that still exists in japan there is um gender inequality that exists here mental health is such a big issue here uh there are a lot of things here in japan that like i could sit here in detail but like obviously we don't need to sit here and talk about that yeah everyone's got their own problems i'm just saying that simply um that like the the issues that you guys are talking about they exist here in japan and i'm sure they exist in every other country just in different ways to different degrees and there are conspiracy theorists here in japan too and i think it boils down less to um right now i think i i think well i i don't think this is the exclusive reason uh location i think the types of conspiracy theorists are due to location and i think where they have a hold yeah. is obviously going to be in part due to location. But I think conspiracy theories in general exist because um, a lot of, especially now, it feels like there are so many different ones out there because just the ways that information and misinformation are spread currently that um, it's difficult to fact check. Uh, you know, I could say that, you know, without a doubt, um, vac- vaccines don't cause any kind of issues. And then I could go cite all these resources, but if I'm not looking at those resources and where they come from, maybe I'm looking at resources that is paid by big pharma, you know, quote unquote. And this is all hype, hypothetical. Yeah. I am 100% yeah, yeah, yeah. about vaccines. Um, I want to make that clear right now. But <clears throat> if you're not knowing where child. those studies are coming from, which is the argument of a lot of conspiracy theorists and non-conspiracy theorist type people as well then you're not going to know where that information is coming from and then the average person's like well how am i going to vet who's doing the research who's funding the research and it's a lot it's overwhelming it's incredibly overwhelming and especially to somebody who doesn't know where to even start because they never went to college you know they never got that kind of edification of where to look for that information and so it's it's such a difficult thing to to deal with right now. And then when people at all, <clears throat> excuse me, talk about like fact checking things like Facebook doesn't allow fake news on their site, then people worry about <laughs> things like them not allowing freedom of speech. And then it's like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Like they're trying to curb misinformation, but then people are claiming, well, are you know the the constitutional rights that we have, you know the the our freedom says that we're you shouldn't be doing that and it's like well 
Yes, technically. Sir, right, my father was same... a snake oil salesman and my grandfather before him. And I will travel right, from it, town to just... town hawking my wares. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's just it's a difficult situation. Wares. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's wow, just this... a difficult situation at the end of the day. We, we're what learning what we were talking about with again? The, with the even... advent of <laughs> with the advent of technology Finding where Nemo. it's at right now. We're we're, we're trying to figure out how to um be exist in a world where basically we we all have similar access to the correct information and at that point um it's difficult because you you still want to keep and i've talked about this so many times you want to be able to keep uh the an open-minded perspective without being too open-minded but at the same time you want to have a reasonable level of doubt about every single thing that you read at the end of the day because Mm -hmm. Even even scientists can never be 100% truly objective at the end of the day. Medical professionals can never be 100% truly objective at the end of the day. So yeah. I'm not saying you should doubt everybody in every single thing, um, like, strongly, but you should, whatever you hear, you should fact-check it with other resources as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that a I lot of people... When they, yeah. I think when a lot of people quote-unquote fact-check these conspiracy theories, they don't do the full research, unfortunately. Um, Getting into arguments with anti-vaxxers in the past, them posting a bunch of studies that don't, that actually go against what they're trying to prove um, has kind of shown that to me, that basically they do enough research to to where it agrees with their opinion, but not enough of the objective research. Yeah, the, 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 the whole read the headline, read the synopsis and hope that it says what you agree with. I've seen a lot of that going around. I had someone bring that essentially to me earlier. I don't, I don't know if you even heard this because it was essentially a non story, but, um, the government was going over some essentially surplus, uh, blood donations from December and January last year. And, and testing them and found antibodies for COVID slightly earlier than we already knew, like a couple weeks. It, it's essentially a non-story. It's like it was slightly more widespread at the very beginning than we thought it was because the contract tracing was non-existent. Um, but anyway, I've been seeing these, this essentially non-story get shared around all over the place as evidence that oh no that that flu that i got at the end of last year that was totally covid you see it was it was it was nothing um it's like it's been going around facebook like seeing family members share it and whatnot i'm like but then actually reading it it got here two weeks earlier like this it it, it, this is a such a big non-story and also was not widespread it's just was slightly more widespread than we thought it was Mm. but again couldn't buy yeah like let's 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 just Let's just, you know, take the the headline of it, which is, you know, COVID was here earlier than we expected and run with that instead of what the article actually says, what the study yeah. actually is showing, uh, which is that we, we were off by like the tiniest of margins with our early data. But, you know, everything's essentially what we were already saying. But isn't but, that 
problematic to both your point and Shay's point. Isn't that also what's frustrating about people who are giving you very strong data on the other side of things, sort of like the anti or the really, you know, no pro COVID worry people. You know what I mean? No, because they're still looking into it this long after the fact and correcting the minor errors, the, okay, we thought it was this, like, correcting that. They're still going in and correcting that. The tiny errors. I think that's... Which is a whole lot more than anyone's saying for the other side. No, no one's going around the other side correcting errors, retweeting when they were wrong about some, you know, masks causing carbon dioxide poisoning. When you say yeah. side, what side are you referring to? The, the dipshits. The ones with the <laughs> I, the elephant. That's, what, what, that's a very broad... What I'll say to answer your question, Morgan, um, is that I don't think it disproves anything because that's like a... It's, we've talked about this so much, and I've, I've said this so many times. Correlation does if not If you don't know which side is the dipshits, you're the dipshits. <laughs> Correlation does not equal causation or causality. So... What Josh is saying is, like, people took a non-story and basically tried to say, well, you know, I felt worse during this time. Correlation equals causation. I had COVID. It's not that bad. And they're just drawing this through line to something that that doesn't have a through line, essentially. Um, It's good that people are doing research and finding out, well, yeah, it, it existed here before we knew. But even then, we don't know to date how widespread it was at that time. We don't know where, which regions in the U.S. or in other countries were exposed and exactly when to this virus, you know. Um, just in general, I think that... I, I, I don't want to shit on anyone for ever believing in what they believe in at the end of the day. Um, I'm not a very religious person. Again, my job. Um, <laughs> fair enough i'm not a very religious person i'm not a very i'm not very super involved in politics i don't have a side i don't take a side um i don't really care what conspiracy theories you want you or anybody else in the world ever wants to believe in that goes to my fellow co-hosts my family my friends people who are listening i don't care what the fuck you believe in as long as you don't try and push your beliefs on somebody else and as long as your beliefs aren't affecting the physical mental or emotional health of somebody else i get all um, my news from the haitian you ladies not wanting to wear mask. a mask you not wanting to wear a mask is a lot different than me growing up as a child and believing if i stayed in the outhouse too long peeing or taking a poop that penis rats were going to bite my dick off because that's what my dad told me when i was a child trying to hurry me the fuck up so we could get up back on the road quickly enough there's a difference in level between that me believing in penis rats is not going to hurt anybody else in their life penis. you not Look wanting shit. to wear a mask because you believe that it impinges upon your freedom or you not wanting to get your child vaccinated because you believe that it will cause autism it's a much different story there um, Jay, this is ridiculous yeah. there hasn't been a penis rat in these parts in over a hundred years you never know. They may come back rich. And, and not since the Great Purge. Expert. He lives in New York, okay? Fair <laughs> so enough. I just had to take a swipe let's, at you. Look, let's I mean, get, Shay, let's, oh, I think you had a lot of... Gr- oh, sorry. No, we need to do... We need to get back on. We need right? to move we on. Need, I don't even remember yeah. why we're here. I remember at one point a guy took a phone to the bathroom and pretended to masturbate. That was like an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> 
it really was like an hour ago so let's let's get off our tangent uh apparently we all needed to to vent this maybe it'll stay off the chomp cast for the next few weeks now that we got all of this <laughs> we got all of this out here well, that's a good thing will make us ask the hard questions oh god yeah, that's true all right let's do the mad dash towards the end no it won't they go to a rally nearby to reunite <laughs> borat with two <laughs> Sorry. The two Gosh, men tell her of what will happen to Borat if his mission is unsuccessful. She refuses to talk with Borat, but agrees to give herself to Giuliani. Next, we see her interviewing Rudy, and Borat unsuccessfully tries to interrupt. Tutar brings Giuliani to a bedroom where she almost successfully seduces him, but Borat finally interrupts. They leave. He's and returned to Kazakhstan chair. to face Borat's execution, but he is spared. They see details on the wall and learn that Borat was injected with the virus to spread it around the world. They confront the premier and blackmail him to make Kazakhstan a feminist nation that takes care of its people. And that's the end of the movie. So... Um, I was going to ask a separate question, but we actually already answered that Pretty question. Pretty much covered it. Yeah, <laughs> so my only other question I'm going to ask you guys, it's the same question I ask at the end of every single one of these. A few quick sentences. Do you recommend this film? Yes or no? Morgan, go. Yeah, I loved it. I'm a huge fan of uh, Borat and Bruno. They're some of my favorite movies ever. Um, and I think it's best movie of the year, and I have seen at least two movies this year. So this and Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> that's that's right. Was that this year? That was this year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, is the top grossing superhero hell. movie of the year? Pre-COVID, pre-COVID. That there's no way that didn't come out yeah, ten it years was during ago. During COVID, for me, that's right because I was waiting for it to come out. In it the was theaters. February, and because of COVID. It, didn't so i had to watch it online on youtube it was uh it was the the causation of one of my favorite onion uh article head, headlines of the year which was uh <laughs> moviegoers flock to theaters to see sonic the hedgehog amidst amidst uh surgeon coronavirus and the subheader was you don't know how badly you need to see sonic the hedgehog in theaters until somebody tries to take it from you <laughs> it's true pretty much pretty uh... much Okay, so Morgan, you absolutely recommend this movie. Yes. Yeah. Rich? Uh, yeah, un- undoubtedly recommend this. I-, I actually like this more than the original Borat. Um, I think it's more poignant. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious and, like, weirdly heartwarming in the end. <laughs> like, in terms of the resolution between Borat and Tutar. Yeah. Josh? Feel free. Yeah, same. I like I, it's 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 really good. I I think some of the like heartwarming moments that you mentioned, like with um, Borat and the two old Jewish ladies who are just trying it's... to trying to talk him out of being just so stupid. The worst. <laughs> it's just it's so heartwarming seeing them just actually care about someone they just met. Um, and it's it it that that sort of connection like actually caring about someone else that you see from them real human connection yeah that you see from the babysitter in the scenes with her and tutar it's those those give you so much hope coming out of this like it's it's amazingly funny 
but then you you feel hopeful coming out of this movie and i think that's something i really needed and didn't even expect to get going into it yeah um what one thing i want to mention there because you brought it up and i was going to bring it up um there were two women that he talks to in the synagogue uh one of them was a holocaust survivor her name is judith dim mm-hmm. evans um she's the abs- absolute most adorable part of the entire movie she passed away a little bit earlier this year um so i wanted to say mm-hmm. rest in peace to her um yeah it was it was one part of the movie that was absolutely completely unexpected because uh even like i was reading articles about it uh sasha baron cohen actually he doesn't usually ever reveal that people are in on the bit with the character but he actually came out of character after they filmed it and explained everything to the woman and she was totally on board with it Mm. so just an absolute cool example of uh someone hearing that they're in on the joke and accepted it so um yeah yeah, I, I don't have anything much more to say other than, yeah, I absolutely recommend this movie. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, extremely poignant for what's going on right now. The sequence that Josh described gave me a little bit of hope uh, in, a, in a year and in a world that just feels like any iota of hope is absolutely necessary for this world to continue to survive. Um, it's uh, One thing I would say is if you can, if you haven't already watched this movie... Even if you have and you haven't done this yet, get with a group of friends and just sit down and watch it together. Even if you all press play at the exact same time, um, absolutely a wonderful movie to watch together with friends. Um, my my biggest regret with this movie is because of the current situation and because I live on the other side of the world, I couldn't sit there with these guys in person and watch it together. Um, we did it online and it was it was a wonderful experience. So, um, yeah. Absolutely recommend this movie. Is there anything else you guys want to say about this movie or during this podcast before we roll out? Thank you for having me from a wonderful nation of Kazakhstan, uh, number one uh, exporter of potassium. That's that is actually one thing I wanted to say. I saw that Kazakhstan is actually taking it fully in stride. Actually, the country of Kazakhstan and using. Um, part of the movie's marketing as actual tourism to try and get people to come to Kazakhstan, which I thought was a cool little spin on um, everything. So they're totally, uh, well, I'm not saying every person in Kazakhstan, but uh, the country of Kazakhstan, the statement they're putting out is they're on board with everything. Yeah. Yeah. They they were, they were not fans of the first one, but I think they're, they're much more in on the joke now. (laughs) They've had 14 years to settle on it. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that was fun too. I um I'm glad I got to enjoy this this podcast has just hammered it down that the last movie I'll ever see in theaters was Sonic the Hedgehog and I'm glad I got to enjoy that with my daughter because theater will never no I'm just kidding <laughs> um I yeah well, I'm just that's like one on of how long one of three date spots in Great Falls Morgan <laughs> Good thing I don't go on dates anymore I hope right? the Applebee's makes it <laughs> <laughs> you know how many times I hit up the Applebee's right before Call back. The, the local theater man? It was like boom, boom, bang. You know what I'm saying? I just realized we yeah. had way too many callbacks to a different podcast. Yeah. Call like, I just to accidentally it. made them to, to the other To a show. podcast that would have come out weeks before this releases. Mm-hmm. 
That's okay. The one we recorded before this. No, what? <laughs> All right, Let's we're going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to thank Morgan from Kazakhstan, Rich from Kazakhstan, and Josh from Kazakhstan for being here tonight with me to do this podcast. And I was Shay from Kazakhstan, your host. Uh, we will be back in a few weeks with another Chomping After Dark. We will be doing Hades. That will be the last one of the year. So stay tuned and get ready for that one. Thank you so much for listening and take care. Thanks, you mesh. Gugumesh. I love anime!